Coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, Trevor Bauer has a lawsuit out against Molly Knight. We talk more news and notes from spring training, and we get into the Dodgers national broadcast schedule. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day and remind you that we are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Even easier than that, just go to Locked On Dodgers wherever you find this and subscribe and you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. This is your first time listening. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Green Fiends. My co-host here is Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, and we are lifelong Dodger fans just like you. But we've also spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and in the locker room. Now, while we're not quite insiders, which could be a good thing, we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every single weekday morning. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and let's talk some Dodgers. All right, Jeff, so uh, we do have some maybe not as fun news. Um, a little bit different Trevor Bauer news than we've had in the past. He tweeted out on Tuesday that he was filing a defamation suit against Molly Knight. Molly Knight, who once wrote a book about the Dodgers. Molly Knight, who I'm sure people have differing opinions on. Um, but basically in the article that she put out for The Athletic when this all first started uh, last year in the summer, um, that said that the, the, or the victim had a fractured skull. And Trevor Bauer is saying that based on the documents that the Athletic received and had, that that was not confirmed. And so he's filing a suit for that. Um, an interesting bit of news in this in this Trevor Bauer saga that's happened so far. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what to think about it, but I'm sure you have a little bit different thoughts. Uh, believe it or not, I read the whole lawsuit. Um, that was what I did this afternoon. It was, uh, I don't know, I find that kind of stuff intriguing. Uh, by the way, you forgot to mention Molly Knight, whose aunt was my seventh grade science teacher. Oh, uh, shout out to Kathy Blakemore. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so basically the, the lawsuit mostly hinges on that, that what you mentioned, the fact that uh, the athletic and in their articles and Molly Knight repeatedly on Twitter uh, referred to the uh, his accusers fractured skull, cracked skull, a few different forms of wording and according to the lawsuit uh molly knight and the athletic either knew that that was false or should have known that that was false because the information was readily available that uh while uh for, from what we know the accuser uh showed signs uh, of a fractured skull but testing confirmed that it was not fractured and uh according to bauer's lawsuit molly knight and the athletic knew that or should have known that. And so any, anything they wrote in articles or on Twitter uh, referring to a fractured skull was defamatory, basically is the crux of the lawsuit. And then it gets in deeper, basically uh, the, the reason that Molly Knight is a named party in the, in the lawsuit when, you know, the, the lawsuit mentions several other articles uh, written by several other writers for the athletic, uh, you know, Britt Garoli and Fabian Ardaya and, uh, 
Pedro Mora and a bunch of different, but Ken Rosenthal, of course, uh, Trevor Bauer's favorite person. But I think the reason that Molly Knight is named personally is because according to him in the lawsuit, basically she had kind of a campaign against him um, because of biases that she had against him because of his interactions on Twitter with, with other people and with her. Um, and so he calls out her, you know, writing in articles about his repeated harassment of women and the, the lawsuit several times says uh, she did not mention any specific instances, didn't show any actual examples of harassment. Um, so basically it's, you know, it's kind of what you would expect uh, from Trevor Bauer's personality, what we know of it. Uh, it's a petulant isn't quite the right word. It's definitely a, uh, uh, I, I don't even know what the right word is, but uh, you know, you could tell he's really going for it in this lawsuit. But the fact is, I mean, that's a, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV or on a podcast, uh, but uh, presumably a lawyer uh, helped him write this lawsuit uh, and did the writing of the lawsuit. And, you know, uh, it seems kind of compelling if, uh, you know, I hadn't really thought about what he says about the fractured skull, but if those records really were available and, you know, in the same reports that they were <laughs> taking f uh, for their articles, and yet they continued to report a fractured skull, that's that's kind of uh, seems like there might be some grounds there. And obviously here in the United States, the First Amendment is really big on freedom of the press. And it's hard to win a defamation lawsuit against the media. Uh, but seems like that would be a, a decent recipe to start. Yeah. And it was funny because I, I read I started reading some of the lawsuit, but just at the time when it came out, I wasn't able to get through it. But it did sound you know, interesting enough, you know, if you think of a lawsuit, you think of, like I said, a lawyer wrote it and you think of, but it seemed like Trevor Bauer through a, like, lawyer proxy wrote it. It still had, like, I don't know, just undertones of Trevor Bauerness in it. It had the uh, Trevor Bauer attitude to it, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, if, you know, the fact of the matter is, I don't remember back then if, like, the fractured school, obviously he has it remembered that it was them reporting it first. Because that was the big, you know, key that went around or the big, you know, keynote of, of what exactly happened that was going around. It was started by them and it wasn't true. And they had those documents and they still knowingly put that out there. Then, yeah, that, you know, he obviously has the grounds for the for the suit for sure. And then, you know, in terms of, you know, just me personally, like that was one of the sticking points that I had when people, you know, were talking about this case. And, you know, if the fact that it was reported like like that and people were telling this stuff. And I remember you made the example last year of, you know, just because somebody tells you to kill them doesn't mean you can legally kill them. And, you know, that's kind of what the basis was for this is, you know, even if she, she had told him to do whatever to her in those intimate times, you know, it still doesn't make it legal if, you know, if he had in fact, you know, broke or fractured or scored over the cases. So yeah, if all that comes down to it and, and, you know, that's kind of where everybody started hitting the ground running when they saw that. And, and, you know, I, I don't know, you know exactly to the extent knowing Trevor Bauer, he'll go to the extent of as far as he can to take this and, you know, try to win it, but it will be interesting to see, you know, as more stuff comes out, I wouldn't say it's, you know, shining Bauer in a great light, but it is, you know, shining a different light on just everything that's happened so far. Yeah, another thing that was really interesting to me about the lawsuit that I don't know how much it will bear on this actual lawsuit, but it did kind of reinforce some of the thoughts we've had recently is 
uh, it takes issue with the athletics reporting about the uh, restraining order hearing and takes issue with how they reported what the judge ruled and a lot of things like that. And it calls out some specifics of text messages that his accuser had sent to friends. And, and as we, as we know, the reason that he, his administrative leave has currently been extended again is because next week he has a hearing where he is going to try to make the case for the uh, Pasadena police to turn over his accusers uh, text records because he believes that those are going to exonerate him. And in the lawsuit, he seems to indicate that what those text message say, te text messages say is her texting her friends saying, I'm going to take Trevor Bauer down basically. Um, and, and like being excited about the publicity and excited about ruining his career and things like that. Now, all we have is, is his word for it at this point. And, you know, I, I hope that those text messages do become public if, if that they really say what, or, or even if they don't say what he says they did, you know, I would love to, at the end of all this, know actually what happened, because if this really what, you know, uh, it, it's a hard thing for, for two guys to talk about on a podcast, because the vast majority of sexual assault accusations are not made up. Most women do not make up these accusations and it's a pretty safe policy overall to, just assume that it's not made up because people don't make them up. But if this is one of those really rare cases where she actually did make it up and there's proof of that, I would like to know that because uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that sucks. And, and it sucks for real victims. Uh, you know, I, I have a wife, I have a daughter, I have sisters. Uh, I, you know, it, it makes me angry if, if she did make this up with the intent of taking down Trevor Bauer. Uh, and I hope we find that out. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, the truth, you know, is, is kind of what we really want. And then, you know, whatever we've said in the past or whatever we, you know, continue to say, if the truth comes out, then we'll have a clear picture and know exactly what. And, you know, we might not know exactly every single thing, but enough to know whether, you know, it was she was coming after him or whether there was actual grounds for, you know, what she what she did. But uh, we'll just have to continue to monitor that and, you know, see how that continues to roll. We're going to talk about some user notes from around the spring, just some things that came up and uh, things we learned. First, let's talk about our next partner because they have a product I use literally every day, and it's called Athletic Greens. And I started taking Athletic Greens because, well, you know, I'm always in a – maybe not always, but I, I've been in a, in a mood lately to be a little bit more healthier and get a little bit more energy. And, you know, Athletic Greens has, has kind of helped with that. You, you take it in the morning before breakfast, just a scoop with some water. And it gets you, you know, better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. You know, you get a supplement that actually tastes pretty good. And I wanted to see what the hype was about. And, you know, the hype is, is working pretty well so far. And what is it? So it's a, it's a 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, whole food, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. I know that sounds like a lot of things, but realistically, it's just a scoop. Put it in your water and it gives you help in, in a lot of different ways. You know, the, the Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a comp complicated supplement routine to recover that cost them up to $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to have optimal nutrition routine on your own. They've got a bunch of good reviews online, over 7,000 five-star reviews. They've been recommended by professional athletes, and they're trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. 
So right now, you can make it easy on yourself and head to athleticgreens.com slash MLB network, and you can get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check out Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby knows a lot more about prospects around the league than we do, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, Jeff, so another day of spring training um, in the small scheme of things. The Dodgers won last night. Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson were the main two pitchers. Daniel Hudson also pitched the ninth. Um, Tyler Anderson looked really good. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, not as good, uh, missing a little bit up in the zone, but for the most part, you know, stayed healthy, got his pitches down, and was even out to dinner with Dustin May before the game was even over. So pretty efficient night, uh, at least in, in terms of overall night, maybe not as efficient as he would have liked on the mound. Yeah, but uh... – you know, he, he seemed pleased-ish with his outing. Uh, you know, he, he said there's some stuff to learn from it about throwing first pitch strikes, getting ahead of hitters. Um, you know, it's good to have an outing like this once in a while just to remind you there's stuff to work on. Uh, Kirsten Watson did ask him about being in the starting rotation, and he he's really excited about that. Said it's a, a big honor and one that he feels like he's earned. And so he's excited to be uh, in the Dodgers starting rotation and uh, – yeah, so you know it, it's it's a spring training start that uh, you know the results aren't that important. Yeah, before the game, we learned that uh, Zach McKinstry was optioned and Andy Burns was reassigned, which puts the Dodgers' position players, at least that are on the forty-man roster and still in camp, at thirteen, I believe. And seems like we're getting closer and closer to figuring out who's going to be on the opening day roster. Another guy that made his case again was Edwin Rios, who hit an opposite field home run, uh, his third home run of the spring, third home run in the last like eight or nine at-bats, I think they mentioned on the broadcast. So, you know, good, as we said before, to see Edwin Rios having that power stroke back. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, the, the more I think about it, like you said, there's 13 position players on the 40-man roster who haven't been sent down now, which means either that's our 13 position players on opening day or they do – go to a, a non-roster guy, either Jake Lamb or Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar did have a great diving catch in right field. I think he probably heard me saying on the podcast last week that he is not a great defender anymore. Uh, I, I still believe, you know, I, I've seen, uh, I saw Manny Ramirez make a diving catch one time, you know, so not, not, it's not only great defenders that make diving catches, but, uh, you know, the more I think about it, it's really hard for me to see Lamb or Pillar cracking this opening day roster just because Edwin Rios has made his case, you know, the only thing that Jake Lamb has going for him over Edwin Rios is a little bit more positional flexibility. They had Lamb out in the outfield, uh, but, you know, Gavin Lux is for sure going to be on the, on the open day roster, partly because of the positional flexibility and partly because, you know, it's, we're in year four of him being the top prospect. So uh, time, time for him to be on the roster. Obviously, Hanzo Alberto is going to be the right-hander. And then it's Edwin Rios. And and so it's hard to see much room for any of those guys because nobody is letting up. And, uh, you know, but it, it'll be good to have Lamb and Pilar in AAA uh, giving some depth because there will be injuries over the course of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of injuries, we mentioned Phil Bickford the other day and we got a little bit more clarity, not so much injury-wise, 
Uh, Dave Roberts mentioned that he came into camp not as built up uh, as maybe he wanted, they wanted, or, you know, he was just behind on his buildup, had a little bit of arm soreness early on, so he's still kind of recovering and, you know, going through the, mo or not through the motions, but going through the process of getting ready. So he's likely not to be up ready for opening day. Another guy that I mentioned that might not be ready for opening day, but seems to be getting closer is Tommy Canely. He's supposed to throw this weekend in Cactus League game um, and then continue, you know, rebuilding and, and trying to get back on the mound. So it would seem that the two that we talked about, Canely and Bickford, the right-handers, uh, will not be on the opening day roster, although Canely does have a better chance uh, depending on how things go this weekend and if they feel comfortable with them. Yeah, although even Canely doesn't seem like he's – really targeting an opening day uh, spot. He, he's hoping to be ready early in the season, in the first few weeks of the season. But I don't think he, even he has any illusions of being on the opening day roster, which is fine. You know, the I know April games are just as important as, as other games, but uh, when you got a guy potentially as valuable as Tommy Canely coming back from Tommy John surgery, I am definitely in favor of you – know, I, I think what he said was that once he throws hitters, then he basically needs a full spring training – can you still hear me? Okay. He basically needs a full spring training's worth of, of buildup. And so basically he's going to be two or three weeks behind everybody else because that's how far into spring training we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did miss that part, but he's going to do some rehab or rehab assignments with, with Rancho once their season gets started up too. So um, that's covered on that. And I don't know oh, the, you know, the star, I guess, of, of the game last night was, Drew Avins, who came up with bases loaded late in the game, down 4-2, and hit a grand slam and looked like a kid who had never hit a home run before or at least not a home run of that nature. Uh, when he was rounding second base, he's you know doing the, the motion that umpires do, the signal home run, uh, spinning his finger around. So it was just a cool moment uh, you know, in spring training. You don't get too many of those. I think most of the time guys realize, you know, what their situation is. And you know, some guys are fighting for playing time. Some guys are just out there to kill the last few innings. And that's kind of what Drew Evans was out there for. But hey, for him to hit that home run in the big moment and people at spring training games, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, they're not not cheering. They're still cheering and, you know, big moments still like that happen. And obviously you still want to win, you know, as a, as a competitor. So uh, that moment was just one of the one of the cool moments that we've had. Well, probably one of the more standout moments for spring training from the last few years, or, or at least you know pre-pandemic when there was kind of a regular spring training. Yeah, grand slams are something special. You know, it's it's not you know some people go their whole lives and never hit a grand slam. You know, and and so to do it in a major league uniform and a major league manager giving you a high five as you come back to the dugout, you know, yeah, it's spring training, but, but that's okay. You know, so you can understand why he was excited. If you're watching on YouTube, I just popped up a picture of Drew Avins with my son last year when we went to an Oklahoma city Dodgers game in Salt Lake city. Uh, and uh, I have a little bit of Drew Avins trivia for you. A lot of people have never heard of him before today. Uh, I had because last year uh, the Dodgers only had two guys uh, two position players in the big leagues who are true left-handers, bat left and throw left, Cody Bellinger and Billy McKinney. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I was early in the season, June 9th, actually it was pre-McKinney that my, my sons uh, pointed that out last June and uh, that the Dodgers had a lot of left-handed hitters. But, you know, at that point they had Lux, Lux Muncie, Rios, Seager, Beatty, McKinstry, Rayleigh, Rex, and Satsugo, who all batted left but threw right-handed. Uh, and so I dug into the Dodgers farm system that day, uh, knowing that at that point, Cody Bellinger was the only 
uh, only one on the big league roster. And it turns out at that point in time, anyway, the Dodgers only had three other true lefty position players in their whole farm system. They had uh, Andrew Shapps at Great Lakes, Ryan Noda at Tulsa, and Drew Avens at Oklahoma City. So at, at, on June 9th of last year, in the Dodgers' entire organization, there were only four position players who batted and threw left-handed, which is meaningless, but also really interesting, uh, which is uh, kind of my, my wheelhouse when it comes to baseball trivia. The more meaningless and the more interesting, the, the better. Yeah, and we talked about, not that specifically last year, but kind of the op- or the, the other side, the throw, bats right but throws left. Um, how that's kind of gone all but away. Those guys are almost all pitchers. Yeah, exactly. That's almost all gone away. And then now even lefty-lefties is pretty rare these days, you know, compared to probably what it was before. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, Interesting tidbit. All right, we are going to talk about the Dodgers national broadcast and the different ways the Dodgers will be on TV or online this year. Uh, But first, let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bars are the best-tasting protein bars out there. And... You know, I can't lie. I, I, I have still have built bars. I have a box of built bars that I had from before, and I still, you know, pop them in when I'm looking for a snack or looking for a little bit of, you know, if I want to have a nicer, little healthier dessert, throw them on there. They fit a bunch of different varieties, lifestyles, whatever you need it for. Like I said, they can be dessert, they can be a snack, they can be pre-workout, post-workout. You know, everybody's doing something different. You might be trying to gain weight, gain muscle, lose weight. You know, whatever the case is. Bill Bar's got you covered, and they have a bunch of different flavors. Every bar is covered in chocolate, so if you're for sure having chocolate, uh, but they got different flavors. They got, like, fruit flavors. They got more, like, candy bar flavors. Uh, they got, you know, different, you know, flavors when it comes to different times of the year. They got peppermint around the holidays and stuff like that. So Bill Bar, everything you can eat, low-carb, low, or, yeah, low-carb, low-sugar, low-calorie, high-protein, high-fiber. Check it out at Bill.com. Get yourself a box, get yourself a box, a mixed box. With, and try a bunch of flavors, whatever you want. But go to lock or go to built.com, use the promo code lock15, and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So, last part here, there was it was announced on Tuesday that the Dodgers game on Jackie Robinson Day, April 15th, was going to be part of the new Apple TV Plus slate. Um, which means that it will not be on Sports in LA and it will only be available on Apple TV Plus. It will be free though. You don't have to be subscribed to Apple TV Plus in order to watch, but I imagine, I guess you have to have the app. Um, I have an Apple TV on my TV, so it's never really been an issue for me. But uh, yeah, Jeff, and that adds on to ESPN games. This year, there's a new TBS on Tuesdays, and then there's always the Fox game of the week on Saturdays. Uh, we've had YouTube games in the past. I don't, I don't know if Amazon Prime's ever done baseball, but Amazon Prime's got into the streaming game and in, in other sports. So it's just a, a different way. And you know, for some of these more old school people, they're gonna be turning their TV on on April fifteenth, not knowing what to expect, and they are going to have to call their grandkids or children in order to help them out. Yeah, I'm glad that I had myself <laughs> muted just now. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw me have a little microphone malfunction. I uh, accidentally knocked my microphone off the stand. So, uh, but yeah, so the Dodgers have, I think, 13 or uh, I think it's 13 or 15 overall national TV games. And uh, yeah, for the most part, it, it, it doesn't matter that much because most of them either, you know, uh, either they're also available on Sports in LA or you can watch them 
on wherever they are. Uh, you know, the, these Apple TV ones, I've seen a lot of people a little bit uh, upset about this. Uh, I do think it's, for the most part, it, it's just a fear of change in general uh, that, that caused people to be upset about it. But, uh, you know, I, I understand that. Uh, but, yeah, for, for me, living outside of the, the local market anyway, um, all of them except for um, the, the exclusives I'll have to watch on those given places. I also have an Apple TV uh, the, the TBS games, I assume uh, by the time that day rolls around, I won't even remember that the games are on TBS because I'll just be watching on my MLB TV and I'll be watching, listening to Joe and Oral call the game. Uh, and the, the Saturday games, you know, we're kind of used to that. The, the Dodgers are, have always been pretty common on uh, the, the Saturday Fox games. We often will get Joe Davis anyway, uh, you know, and, and especially if Joe Davis is now, Fox's uh, top baseball guy, which it looks like uh, they, they haven't made that official yet, but it looks like Joe Davis will be their their top baseball guy. And so uh, I'm just looking at these games. The game against the D-backs, Dodgers D-backs may not get the, the top Fox guy, uh, but Dodgers Giants for sure will. Dodgers Braves, I would think, would. Dodgers Padres would. Another Dodgers Giants. And then a Dodgers Guardians game. Uh, so you know, I would think that that of those Fox games, most of them will get Joe Davis anyway. And so uh, really the, the only issue is the the Sunday night games where, you know, you you just watch them on mute or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one way to go for it. You know, uh, it's always, for me, depends where how I'm watching, um, how I want to handle it because, you know, if it's the Sunday night games and I'm watching at home. If there's a separate broadcast or even the Spanish broadcast, I'll put that on. But then you also miss, if you're on Twitter at the same time, you miss when people like complain about certain things or be like, did he really just say that? And you're like, oh man, like, you know, you get a little bit of FOMO, but I'll take a better broadcast over a little bit of FOMO any day. So uh, it doesn't really matter on that end. Um, but when it comes to those TBS games, I will say they're going to have a pre and post game show um, with Lauren Shahadi, Curtis Granderson, Jimmy Rollins, and Pedro. Uh, I would implore you to watch those. You might see some stuff from my job on those shows sometimes. So uh, you can watch it during Sports in LA. You know, if you're going to watch Sports in LA during the game, that's completely fine. But if you want to watch pre and post game shows, uh, make sure to check them out. I don't know if my face will ever be on there, but some stuff I contributed to will be on there. Nice. Yeah. And that's Lauren Shahadi and three former Dodgers. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I like Laura Chaudi. She's, uh, you know, so, some might say that, uh, that it's not a coincidence that the last two syllables of her name are Hottie. So, um, yeah, uh, um, I was going to say something about that. And then I got on my Lauren Shahadi kick. Uh, I don't remember what it was. To, oh, uh, one thing that spring training has uh, reminded me is that I miss Joe and Oral. You know, nothing against Tim and Rick. Uh I just, I just don't enjoy them as much, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about potentially banning the shift that I didn't have a strong opinion. I think I've changed my mind. I think I'm strongly in favor of banning the shift just so that I never have to hear Rick Monday talk about the shift again. Um, and I'm strongly in favor of Cody Bellinger figuring things out. So I don't have to hear Rick Monday talk about that again either. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Cody Bellinger struck out two more times uh, in last night's game, but he was facing the left-hander in Shamanaya, who's pretty good. So, you know, realistically, uh, it's a little bit different. But, yeah, the other part, two of this new broadcast crew that I, I'd i seen them or I heard them, I had the TV on, I wasn't really watching the other day. Uh, but Adrian Gonzalez is 
kind of sounds like me early on in the podcast game where stumbling over some words, probably probably trying to think too fast and speak on that wavelength. And he's, you know, learning on the fly. I would imagine he hasn't really done this too much. So it's nice to see that even a guy like Adrian Gonzalez, who's, you know, did tons of interviews over the year and, you know, realistically he is not an analyst. He's a baseball player who's now trying to be an analyst. Uh, it's cool to see, you know, even if he struggles a little bit, it's still cool to see like, all right, and everybody, it happens to everybody. Yeah, for sure. And trying something new is always a challenge. I remember uh, probably the day you and I met sometime that week anyway, when you and I were both in Arizona covering the Dodgers in 2015. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy talking to people. I don't, I'm, I'm not shy. I, I, I'm pretty good at talking to people. And my first interview in the locker room was with Brandon McCarthy and it was a train wreck. I was like, I, I was like Chris Farley in that Saturday Night Live sketch with Paul McCartney. Like, remember that time when you were in the Beatles? That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> like, I, I sucked. So, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense. Adrian Gonzalez is a world-class athlete, but uh, hasn't talked for a living before. And so it, it probably will take a little bit of time. But, uh, you know, he's he's pleasant enough and, uh, and very likable. So uh, I, I think that'll shine through. Yeah, he's already better than Jerry Harrison. So I'll take that. Yeah, Dan Shaughnessy doesn't like him. So that's good enough for me. Yeah, that also works. Um, all right, I think that's everything we have for today's show. Jeff, you want you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I uh, I think that was it. That's a good episode, Vince. Good job. Yeah, we that, yeah. Well, it was an enjoyable one being together. You know, we'll be together more often now with the season coming, unless I end up going to a bunch of games. But either way, great to be here. Great, thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. If you're looking for something else for your second listen of the day, check out Locked On MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. He brings you a unique perspective on the Major League's past and present. Free and available where you get podcasts just like we are. Other ways to find us, we are on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Locked On Dodgers. DMs are open in both of those spots. DMs are also open on both our personal accounts, at Vince Samperio and at Snydog. Uh, you can you know follow us or just DM us, whatever you want to do. You can also reach us via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or you can reach us via voicemail text, 323-863-5625. We will always check all those places for any questions, comments, concerns, whatever you have. Uh, We want to thank you. I already said this. We want to thank you for making LockedOnDodgers your first listen. Uh, We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, text my advice, play podcast, LockedOnDodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.